from the Willamette Valley in America's great Pacific Northwest. You are listening to the Ernest Mann Show, and I'm your host, Ernest Mann. No matter where you may be listening in this great, big, beautiful world, we all share. Hello, folks, and thank you for tuning in or for tuning in again. And this is Monday, episode number 219. Let's talk reality. Broken promises and fake success. One of the few advantages, but a significant advantage, of being older is that you actually do remember when things were better. And I certainly do. And the fact is that there are so many things broad-based broad in society right now that are wrong and people know this, and folks aren't stupid. But in the past, what used to happen with our periodic booms and bust, um, a lot of it was because of criminal speculation. But yeah, as unpleasant as that is, you, you have this roller coaster effect in the economy. And uh, the expectation was that, okay, we have this downturn, but there's always a sunny day coming. Things are going to get better. People pull it together. They batten down the hatches of their lives. And, uh, you know, things would come back. And they would be better. But as... Anyone who's uh, been around at least for 30 years, um, as anyone knows, the difference now is that the, uh, the boom periods are gone and it's just one long bust period and it doesn't even come out and get any better. It's just mildly, we kind of eke along. And that's where we are. And I think that it will explain a lot of, well, what I'm going to try to talk about a bit here about uh, where the hell people's mindset is. Um, if people know collectively, or at least if they believe that they are getting a raw deal, that they are getting screwed, that they are falling behind, and they're even falling behind their parents or perhaps even their grandparents as far as the standard of living. And on so many fronts, I mean, just take taxes alone. And this shit has been going on again for 20, 30 years. 
that most people know and they remember, at least if you're that old, you can remember um, all these years that uh, major corporations um, either paid proportionally very, very, very little in taxes. And some of them paid no taxes at all. And that is a raw deal. And people know this. And where in the hell is a person? It's not a question of will. How can we expect people in society that are getting pummeled from every direction, which, of course, amounts to lack of finances, we're getting pummeled in every direction. And in addition to that, they don't see anything brighter on the horizon. The Calvary is not going to come up over the hill and save their ass. As a matter of fact, right now, I think it would be reasonable to argue that um, the Calvary doesn't exist. They've been eliminated. And so, when you have a mass of, um, as one example, if you have, if you have a mass of employers in so many different industries from warehousing to fast food you name it and they say well everybody's hiring but for some unseen mysterious reason nobody wants to work so apparently suddenly Everybody has, you know, just become a bum. And they don't want to work. And if you believe that, I, I, I really don't know what to tell you. Because the truth is, is that that, as it's being presented, is not the case. Again, people aren't stupid. And what is happening rapidly, and this is and this is not going to change, not anytime soon, is that um, people are tired of being screwed. They are tired of toiling with no real reward because, the country, the nation, is broke. And it's the oligarchs, those people who control our government and our so-called representatives, they're the puppets, but the oligarchs are the puppet masters. They are the one that make the policies. Now, what the people have done is awakened out of this stupor 
and they say, okay, well, um, I work and, you know, I, I tote the, uh, the corporate line and I'm happy and I'm perky and I'm a team player and all that crock of shit. And all they get to do is exist somewhere if they're lucky. And they have some apartment somewhere. And they have a car, which they are underwater on. And um, that goes on endlessly. And they're not getting ahead. They're not getting anywhere. And people have to have a sense that they're getting somewhere. That is the whole point of what used to be part of the social contract. That's the way it's supposed to work. But no more. And I tell you something, as things currently are, when you look at really, you know, young folks, really young folks, I mean, just entering, let's say, their first jobs, and they are so screwed. They are just, by comparison, they are so screwed. And whether or not <clears throat> it's because of people talking like me, or what I'm saying, or hell, for that matter, maybe it's part of uh, Dr. Jung's collective unconscious, but they're not stupid. And people don't want to work for nothing here in America, because that's basically slavery. That is why they're called wage slaves. It's a form of feudalism 2.0. Whereas you will, you know, work and toil at this particular place and uh, you'll do that and you could do that your whole life, and you won't have, in real terms, you won't have a damn thing to show for it. Now, I don't know, I don't have a crystal ball, and I don't know if you are a very young person listening to this. When I say young, I'm saying from, you know, 18 to 25 Ish. But I'm considerably older than that. And some of the things that I uh, remember is when a person could have a trade like being a carpenter. Didn't have to be what was called a Finnish carpenter. This was a rough-in carpenter. You know, the guy's well, the guy's building houses and such. And um, if you, you could work for a company for a number of years and work your way up and be a foreman or what have you, and 
the point being is that in all of the areas of the trades, because we used to make things here, here, we made them. And I remember growing up this way that there was a one income family and that income paid not only for everything, that means a house payment, not rent, but a house payment. You're buying the house and you either bought the car or you were making small payments on the car, but you had ownership. That means you were getting somewhere and it didn't require practically having, you know, at least a master's degree in whatever the hell it is, ism, to do that. And that's when things were not perfect, of course, but in retrospect, that was a good deal. And I remember that because that was my family. And it was the families of so many people that I knew of that generation, you know. I grew up in the 70s. And things did not start to go to hell in a handbasket until everything changed, I can tell you, like clockwork. The policies changed. The unions were systematically destroyed. And yes, um, that coincided with Reagan. So that would have been 1980. And... For those of you out there that said, oh, God, he's not going to he's not going to bash Reagan, is he? Yes, the America had some of the most unprecedented financial gains during the 80s and all oh, so wonderful and on and on and on and on. And it's just like, uh, yeah, for a certain number of people and companies, it did. Not for working people. Not at all. I saw the writing on the wall. That's when it started going to hell in a handbasket. Um, just one very small example that I can give was that this particular airport that's still named Ronald Reagan International Airport. It had a different name before him. And uh, in his in the in the honor of what he did, um, taking over as president, uh, the workers, they went on strike, the air traffic controllers went on strike, the pilots, and under his watch, um, he fired all of them. Just, that's it. Just that simple. He fired all of them. No recourse, nothing. In other words, he came in guns blazing. There's a new sheriff in town, and those people were devastated in their lives. And then, then what the asshole does, in addition to that, just to add more insult to injury, after almost immediately, or very soon after firing all of them, then they renamed the airport after him. 
Um, so for you real young whippersnappers out there, what I'm trying to say is that this all changed and um, it was the foundations of everything changed and the switch was thrown in 1980. And of course... Um, even, you know, the devastation that comes, that follows, it doesn't happen immediately. So there were certain sectors of areas that were, uh, let's say, you know, involving a lot of shady deals and, you know, criminals, uh, criminals. I mean, that's when Trump, for instance, um, was at his peak, was at his his peak of his his businessman conniving powers because the patron saint of deregulation was um, Reagan. And that's what happened. And everybody stood around and they just, their jaw dropped because yeah, it's the tsunami of all the ruination. It's not going to be next week or even next month. But it's coming. It's coming. And we had eight years of that. But I just don't want to put it all on him because again, he was just he was just the uh, the figurehead. He was just the talking head. The orders and everything that came were from on high, were from different people. So essentially what happened was the government was driven underground in 1980. And it has never really at all reemerged. You live in a plutocracy. This is what happens. This is what happens when there is no more, nothing even remotely resembling a fair tax base. And then you start producing these multi-billionaires. And I say relatively speaking, and their corporations, they pay no taxes. All of the wealth goes up and everybody else is fucked. That's not the world I grew up in. And this generation, minds even older than myself, they allowed it to happen. I'm not passing the buck. You know, around the mid-70s, I was like 10 years old. But I saw it. I remember... I remember, for instance, again, one family, a family, a family of four, let's say, there was several of those, one person that had a full-time job, just one, and they raised a family, and that included Christmas presents under the tree and money in the bank, not living paycheck to paycheck. So... If there's a crippling effect, if there's a general malaise 
in the society with everyone what it is. They're saying, oh, my God, they're just they're drinking alcohol and they're doing drugs and you know, all these people are middle-aged and they're staying home and living with their parents and they're they're playing video games because in their defense, if there's a general angst and lethargy, what and they may not actually be processing all of this that way, but I'm telling you nonetheless, it just falls under a general feeling of malaise because they know they're being screwed. And for those who can and are willing to settle for much less in their lives, just a little do a little something to if they're living with their parents, which is very, very sad. But they saw, they grew up, they saw what they saw. You've seen what you've seen, and they're not stupid, and they know when they're getting a raw deal, and there is not even a reasonable expectation that anything is going to get better in the near future. All you have to know, for instance, is how we are defaulting. The nation is defaulting. Okay, so this whole thing with Biden and what they did to patch things up, that, that is called kicking the can. And that's all it is. It's just kicking the can. It's just um, you know, um, postponing the inevitable. Because that's what happens when oligarchs control a nation. And it becomes insoluble, unsolid, unstable, and there is crazy on every corner. We are witnessing all the crazy of that fallout. I mean, come on, a nation and this whole obsession with guns, you know, and we've had so far this year all the, so many incidents. I think it's been well over, you know, four to five hundred people being killed. That's just so far. You know, roughly halfway through the year now, and there's no end in sight. So, if you're one of those people, and you see where I'm coming from, and you happen to agree with what I'm saying, then, you know, I'm preaching to the choir here. You know what I'm saying is true. So, then it boils down to what can be done about it. And actually, quite a bit can be done. It's just that people are afraid. And that's also understandable. Completely understandable. But quite frankly, if you think things are bad now, and if we don't do anything, it's going to get much, 
much worse. If enough people, for instance, are somehow able to not work, if this is by, you know, having friends and family to stay with, to just eke by, I'm just saying a hypothetical because I'm not, I'm not even talking about an armed revolt here or anything. What I'm talking about is just cutting off the economic beans that, for instance, uh, other than the necessities, unless they want to starve you out, which is entirely possible. Um, that was the little warning, the little shot across the bow, you know, to keep us, the workers, to keep you in check. You remember all those empty shelves when you went to the supermarket, when you went to Walmart, when you did anything like that? Yeah. That's what it's meant to do. You can say it was under COVID. And then they talked about it being, you know, supply chain issues, things of that nature. But that is also the idea is just the shortage itself. It is just to make people scared and submissive. And... Um, that's what it's rapidly coming down to. So it comes down to you You have no unions now. You have nothing to protect you from the man, from, you know, the SWAT teams and all the other forms of uh, intimidation. So all you could do for those that somehow that you can work this out is you're going to have to um, ride this demon uh, under the radar and, uh, you know, do just your little itty-bitty jobs as little as you possibly can. But the whole thing is going to grind to a halt because they need you to work. They need that slave labor to sell those, to crank out those burgers, to... Uh, you know, stock those shelves at Walmart or any other big box store, you're still needed. And um, so another thing that they have done is they'll use, they don't care. It doesn't matter. They have no allegiance or to their country at all. All of us, all the main citizens, they can eat shit and die as far as they're concerned. The only thing they care about is profit. So it's perfectly fine, for instance, to have um, people from anywhere come into the country and they're more than happy to live that existence because, again, by comparison, uh, with abject poverty, for instance, in Mexico, with no end in sight, yeah, yeah, they'll do that. And yes, they're going to take your job. Yes. And because that's simply the way it is. And the ones on the top, they don't give a rat's ass. They don't care whatsoever. As long as the product moves and the money moves. Problem is, they're having right now, is there's a huge slowdown for the man of product because, again, other than 
other than foodstuffs, um, nobody's buying anything. I say relatively. Of course, people are buying things. Certainly, the rich are buying things. The rich buy new cars, homes. They do that shit all the time because, well, they, you know, most of them stole all that money from other sources so they can afford to do that, at least for the time being. But in the meantime, um, yeah, they just don't care about anything else at all whatsoever. So it's sort of a standoff. And that's what's happened if you look at your history. I'm saying when they uh, have gone against strikers, I'm talking about all the way back, ancient history, I know, from the 30s. But they called out the cops, called out the cops to literally bust heads. That's what they did. And they also shot and killed a lot of people to, to put, as they say, to restore order. So yeah, um, there's yeah there's there's quite a few stories of yes the U.S. government doing doing that to its own people yes and they'll do it again they'll do because the only thing that this the psychopathy of this system understands is that you can never interfere ever whatsoever at all. With the profit machine, a, the gears have to be greased and it has to be in motion at all times. Anything, and I mean anything or anyone, you know, men, women, children, doesn't matter. Anything that interferes with that machine, it'll be dealt with very quickly. But something is definitely going to have to give here because um, people are absolutely sick again and with all the you know the rhetoric of we are still the shining beacon on the hill and the best and the bravest and in many ways in many ways by comparison we are but that is that is winding down very quickly you just have to see all of the tent cities wherever you may live across America, particularly in uh, the, uh, the bigger metro areas, obviously New York, and certainly California and areas such as L.A., San Francisco. The list goes on and on and on. I don't need to fill in those blanks. You know what I'm talking about. That is a system breakdown. And so, part of the pain of this is that people are not going, people are tired of it. They're tired of riding the, the, uh, the mouse wheel here and uh, ex being expected to do that for the rest of their fucking lives and have nothing to show for it and make no gains because they don't have... Any without going, I'm talking about without credit cards, without mortgaging your life, they can't even take a simple vacation. Shit, it's hard enough for them to pay their bills and get and get food. Oh, it's hard for me to get food in here. So, 
You know, yeah. I mean, the, so, yeah. I mean, take, just actually pay for, you know, once a year, a five or seven day trip every, I don't know, okay, couple of years, anything for all the work that you do. Nope. Nope. You get a few days off for a national holiday and they crack the whip and say, now get your dumb ass back to the grinding wheel again. And people are sick of it because they're not stupid. And like I said, the people who are really controlling all this, the mega money people, and they really are, they don't give a shit biscuit. Take care. All right. So what'd you think of that? Did you agree with what I was saying? Did you disagree? Do you think I'm a little bit of a genius? Or frankly, do you think I don't know my ass from a hole in the ground? I and the rest of the world would really like to know. So if you're not already there, please head on over to theearnestmanshow.com. In the header, click on Episodes Home and that will show all my episodes. You can also quickly go to an individual episode by clicking on the little magnifying glass icon, which is also in the header. Then simply put in the episode number. It will take you right there. The important thing I want you to know as well is that you can say anything you want the way you want. You're not a child. And I'm not going to treat you like one. So until next time, just want you to know that there are no bad words, only bad actions. Take care.